Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. I'm Dale Spangler, and this week's guest is 2021 Moto America Junior Cup champion, Tyler Scott. Moto America is an official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. After record attendance and extremely close racing at Road Atlanta, the Moto America series heads to picturesque Virginia International Raceway, May 20th through the 22nd. See, hear, and feel 190 mile per hour super bikes and five other classes as racers take on one of America's best road courses. Virginia International Raceway will also be the series premiere for the 2022 Women of the Royal Enfield Build Train Race Championship. Get your tickets in a camping spot along with info and a complete schedule at motoamerica.com forward slash tickets. For real time updates, follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This week's race recap is the FIM World Motocross Championships Round 8 from the MXGP of Sardinia in Riola Sardo, Sardinia. And really hot and just crazy conditions for these riders. It was very warm and it was a very tough sand track. But I tell you, I never would have guessed in a million years Calvin Vandren was the double motor winner over some of the biggest names in racing. And uh, a little bit about them in a little bit here, but... uh, the Yamaha riders behind him got four of the top five positions. So as, as I said before, you really got to keep an eye on these guys. But uh, really, where did Calvin come from? He's a sand track rider, and boy, did he prove it this weekend. It was definitely the Calvin Valandrian show. He wins his qualifier and both motos. The first South African to win a MXGP in the premier class since, I believe, I, if I read this correctly, Greg Albertine back in 1994. So pretty big deal for... Valandrian winning both motos, just doing it in dominant fashion. Like you said, Dave, he's a sand specialist. The course was just absolutely brutal. High 80s temperature, deep sand. Another big notable thing for me was championship leader Tim Geiser had an off day, finished 212 moto scores for seventh overall. He actually faded in the second moto, which kind of made me wonder if he's got an underlying issue going on or what. But Of course, he leaves the championship with still a 79-point lead, so no big deal there. But just can't say enough about Calvin Valandrian, age 25, and his 97th GP start wins his first MXGP. In MX2 action, Tom Vial. Definitely some close racing with Yago Geertz, but he goes 2-1 for the overall. It just looked looked pretty solid. Geertz gave him a battle, you know, as you'd expect he would. But uh, for me, the surprise... Theobald Tent Benesant, who uh, whole shot Moto One and went three three on the day. It was good to see him running on that uh, podium. It's looking like this series in the in the MX Two is turning into the Tom Vial versus Yago Geertz championship, with the two just kind of separating themselves from the field. One of the other notable standouts for me, though, was young Liam Everts, son of ten time world champion Stefan Everts, finished ninth place with uh, ten eight Moto scores. 
for as was his second straight top 10 finish. So I thought that was pretty interesting seeing him coming up through the ranks. It'll be cool to see. We've got a break now for two weeks, and then we head to Spain, and uh, Geertz leaves uh, Sardinia with a six-point lead over Vial. This week's Industry Spotlight is an open invitation to spend an evening with the Kirk Caselli Foundation and the off-road community on Saturday, June 11th, for the 8th Annual Kirk Caselli Moto Dofu Winery Event in Temecula, California. Doors open at 4 p.m. and the event will go into the evening with live music and lawn games. A silent auction will include many one-of-a-kind items and personal Kirk Caselli memorabilia. And there will be a raffle with prizes from sponsors and supporters. The foundation will also announce its fall 2022 Kirk Caselli Scholarship recipients and some new upcoming safety initiatives that are in the works. Join fellow motorcycle enthusiasts for an evening of friends, family, and fun as the event honors the memory of Kirk Caselli and helps raise funds to protect and support off-road riders. For more information and tickets, visit KirkCaselli.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto today. Tyler Scott, a fast young super sport class racer on the number 70 Vision Wheel M4 X-Star Suzuki team for the 2022 season. Tyler, welcome to the show and congrats, by the way, on your 2021 Junior Cup Championship, man. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here talking to you guys today and it's been a really cool start to the year. Yeah, I have to think you got to be excited how it's gone so far. I mean, yeah, but I, the big question for me, I mean, uh, not many riders jump from Junior Cup up to super sport to me that's a big leap there's always that uh twins in between where you can kind of get some uh adjust to the horsepower and the size of the bike but you've made the leap up to the 600s that's awesome what's that been like for you twins was definitely an option when we were uh, thinking about moving up to the super sport class or just moving up a smaller step to the twins class but it didn't seem like anyone from the previous years went really from twins class to super sport just because of the way you have to ride the motorcycle. It's a bit different and the handling's a little bit different. And I've ridden the twins bikes before and I've ridden stock R6s before and I felt I was ready for the, the big jump to the super sport. And it seems like that super sport class is stacked with talent this year. I definitely got your work cut out for you with Josh Aaron, Lockoff and Landers. I mean, what are your expectations for the new season? All those guys are super fast, especially Josh Heron being in the Superbike class for many years. And Sam Walkoff's my teammate. He's also uh, really quick. He got second Saturday and Sunday in Atlanta. He was quick all weekend. Rocco Landers is a, another kid that was really fast in Junior Cup and brought it to Supersport. So 
I'm really excited for Virginia in a, in a couple of days here. And I think we can do really well because in Atlanta, I was on the 600 still. We didn't have enough parts yet for the throttle to be limit, limited on the 750. So Sam was on the 750 and me and Liam Grant were on the 600. But we did a test and it went really well. And I think I'm ready to put it on the podium or even win. So Tyler, you're, you're the 2021 Junior Cup champion and you did it in dominant fashion, taking 11 wins. I think you only finished off the podium like three times out of 18 races. And as a result for 2021, as we've already been talking about a little bit, you landed on one of the most coveted teams in the paddock, the Vision Wheel M4 X-Star Suzuki team. That had to be just an unbelievable feeling when you got that phone call. Tell us a little bit about that experience and how that came about. At the end of the season, we weren't really sure what we were doing. The initial plan was to actually do a second year in Junior Cup because KTM was planning to come out with the new 390. And it kind of fell through around late January because the parts couldn't get homologated. So we started scrambling and trying to figure out if we could run a super sport program by ourselves. And we got connected by a couple people with Suzuki. And we've talked with Chris Chris Ulrich and John Ulrich before. And we got a good connection and it formed this uh, formed the plan for this year to be on the team and race the 750. And the first round went really well for my opening round. I was in fourth, ready to go for the podium position, but I had a little problem with my seat pad and I ran off and kind of battled for fourth a little bit. And then I had two false neutrals and bumped me back to fifth, but I was still super stoked on the performance in Sunday's race. Saturday, I had a a small little mistake and DNF because of a crash, but it was just bad timing. But I'm really excited to hop on the 750 at VIR and put it all out there. Yeah, you definitely have to be happy with that. That seems like a pretty decent start. Obviously, the first race didn't go quite the way you wanted, but you know, to rebound with the fifth and the in the second race, you definitely got to be stoked about that. Now, I also noticed kind of changing direction a little bit. Like it looks like you're also going to be doing a little bit of uh, AFT flat track singles racing this year. Tell us a little bit more about that. I think you had your debut pro race in March at uh, the Volusia Half Mile. Right now, I'm not sure exactly how many races we're going to be allowed to do. Of course, with the team, they don't want me getting hurt. And for the first round, I was actually on a KTM before the contract was signed and released. So the first round went quite well, but I had a a little clutch issue in the main event and I had to pull off because the bike would barely move anymore. But definitely it was really fun and it was a good feeling knowing that I'm really competitive and I can be up in the front in AFT. And I think if the bike had the good clutch in it, I think I could have contended definitely for the podium and probably for the win. Well, no doubt your uh, your accomplishments as, as a flat track racer are very strong. And I, I'm curious to ask you as a racer, though. What elements of flat track racing do you carry over to road racing? There's always something about one form that's going to translate to the other. What's the, is it a certain specific manner in which you ride the bike, throttle control, how you assess your position on the track? What exactly translates over to road racing? For sure, flat track really translates to road road racing in a lot more ways than one. But I think for me, the the biggest thing that it does for me and my confidence is I have a lot of throttle control with the bike and I have a really good feeling of the bike when the bike slides and the feeling of the back tire coming off the corner if it's spinning or sliding and the feel with the rear suspension from tuning and flat track. And it, flat track for me 
growing up was a really big help when I went to road racing. And yeah, it's great. I think I saw a video a segment of you at uh, Laguna last year when you were in junior and you were kind of wheeling and sliding the rear tire at the same time. So that's got to be one of those things that, that you had to have picked up on the dirt and sliding your tires all the time. Just the confidence on the bike was really high and I had a good feeling all year. I had no DNFs in the actual Moto America season and I had one crash in the, in a preseason test. So last year went actually pr- pretty much perfectly. I couldn't ask for much better of a season and I'm hoping to repeat it again. That's a high mark and uh, and I think you're up for it. I wanted to go back to that uh, that Atlanta get off that you had. You had a nasty spill. It was kind of a high side. Luckily, every, everything turned out okay and you, and you, and you uh, survived well. I mean, that's great. But uh, just as a racer, What's the mindset? How do you get back on the bike? What's, uh, what do you learn from that? And how do you put it behind you, I guess, probably more importantly? The problem formed with me getting a really bad start. I qualified fourth, which was really uh, pretty good. And I think it impressed a, a lot, a, quite a lot of people in the paddock. And I, I was really happy with the fourth. And I've never actually started a 600 before. So I didn't really know how to let the clutch out or the, the feel it was supposed to have. And I got a really bad start. I think I was somewhere 10th or 11th, right in the first corner. And I could see Josh Heron getting away right off the start and coming across the start line, finish line. I got impatient and I, I knew I needed to start making passes and start getting closer to the podium. And as we were going up the hill, turn two, Rocco Landers, he shut off his bike, I think, or he had some sort of problem and everyone in the pack checked up and I pulled out in, in the draft a side of, I think it was Diego Perez. And we went into the the switchback at the top side by side. And I just ran out of room. It was really bad timing and kind of unlucky. But in race two, uh, I definitely had the confidence back in the bike right away. And we just kept, kept moving forward. So speaking of high sides, I was watching some of your videos of you training, riding supermoto. And your drifts, by the way, are just absolutely unbelievable. The way you back that bike in on the supermoto track. I noticed though, like one of them, I think you end up getting flung off. But yeah. um, the the question I kind of have is like, I, I noticed that. So you you're a flat tracker and you do supermoto. A lot of times, road racers seem to choose one or the other, but you do both. Like, what like, what is it about both that has helped you so much in your road racing career? And why is it that you? It looks to me like they're just both super fun. But what is it that you like about each? The most important part for me is that they're both fun for me, and they both give me my advantages and. They don't really have disadvantages when I ride, as long as I'm riding smart and I'm not getting hurt and not crashing. But the the supermoto, it's I, I usually go to a car track uh, in Bushnell, Florida. We actually have a house down there. It's a half hour from the house, so in the winter when it's cold up here in PA, we'll we'll fly down or drive down and stay down there for a few weeks or a month and go training and at the supermoto track or we'll go motocross riding or something. But the supermoto really helps me with the the feel more of the tires going away on a road race bike. Just the, the feel of the tires moving and the feeling of the bike moving and feeling the suspension and the power coming off the corner and what the bike does and the responses. And then the flat track is the same thing also, like just having that confidence in the bike and the feeling in the bike and also knowing how to talk and make changes. 
Well, it looks like an absolute blast. Like I said, I must have watched it like 20 times, the one video of you just throwing it in, just super drifting the bike. <laughs> it's definitely amazing. <laughs> but uh, speaking of fun, though, like what else do you do like when you're not riding like some of your hobbies to, you know, relax and have fun? I think I saw where you like to ride BMX bikes on a pump track. And uh, what else do you like to do? Maybe ride moto, some other things like that? The closest moto track we have is in New Jersey two hours away, right next to uh, New Jersey Field or Motorsports Park, New Jersey Field of Dreams. We'll go out there occasionally, but I have uh, three tracks at my house that I'll, I'll ride at on a CRF 150 and just have some friends over and ride. And I'm on a bicycle pretty much every day, whether it's my BMX bike, mountain bike, a road bike, or a downhill bike. So Tyler, I always ask young racers, uh, Moto America's added a lot of new venues to the series. And uh, out of all of those in, in the series, what is your favorite track that you, uh, that you like to race at? Is it a short technical track or a long fast track or any specific track that you like the most? I think Barber Motorsports Park is a really cool track. It sucks that it rained for the finale last year, but I like the, how the track flows together. There's a little bit of hard braking, a little bit of fast cornering, trail braking, has a little bit of everything. And I would say that's one of my favorite tracks. The other track that I really like is the Ridge in Washington. I think those two would be my favorites. So you also got to spend some time in Europe as a young man. That's got to be pretty cool to head over there and race in the Red Bull Rookies Cup and then that Euro Talent Cup also. That was pretty cool. So what was that like for you as far as uh, learning and, uh, and expanding your, uh, your racing horizons? Yeah, going overseas was definitely a, a big jump and quite a surprise for me because coming over here and winning a lot of races and going over there, then barely making the race. And at the second year that I did the European Talent Cup, I, my best finish was 15th, I think, like just inside the points. So it was definitely the competition over there was a lot different than here, but I definitely learned a lot and I brought it back to the States and it gave me a championship last year. Which is pretty cool. So between racing in Europe and racing here in the U.S., flat track, supermoto and and road racing, who's the toughest competitor that you uh, line up against? Is it uh, anybody specific? I don't think so. Definitely like this year, Josh Heron's going to be really fast all year. He knows all the tracks. He knows them like the back of his hand. Um, and in, in flat track, if I do any more rounds, definitely Factory KTM, Max Whale, Cody Cop. There's definitely a ton of fast people there. Just going into the weekend, you kind of see where everyone is, and it, it's just fighting for that top guy. And you want to beat those top three guys, the top five guys. As they say, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I, and we really look forward to seeing you race this summer, Tyler. Definitely got a bright future, man. So we want to take these last few moments, if you, if you don't mind, if there's anybody in your program you want to give a shout out to or sponsors you want to mention, that'd be great. Also, where we could find you, any social media and such. Yeah, I would just thank my mom and dad for making everything happen throughout my whole racing career. There's They've definitely been, been my biggest supporters through it all. And the XR Suzuki, Team Hammer, Vision Wheels team now won this year. They're definitely, they have a lot of good people. Jeremy Toy, my crew chief, Robbie Peterson's really awesome. Everything that we've done so far has been progressive and helped me. And just everyone that uh, at home that roots for me and everyone that's uh, following me, they've also been huge help throughout my career. I have a Facebook page, Tyler Scott. And then my Instagram, Tyler Scott Racer. 
And then I also have a website, tylerscottracing.com, which you can find all my social media there. Awesome. Definitely check them out, folks. And uh, we really look forward to your season, Tyler. And we want to thank you for spending time with us on Pit Pass today. Thank you. Thanks again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog and our brand new store where you can get your Pit Pass swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm Dale Spangler. And I'm Dave Selecki. See you next week on Pit Pass Moto. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.